0: AgriTalk is brought to you by Case IH, solutions for every challenge, equipment for every farm. Case IH, built by farmers. And by Grounded, spray smarter and improve herbicide performance with Grounded, a multifunctional adjuvant from Helena. The February WASDI report held a few, well, okay, no surprises for traders, But USDA did slice tons off the Argentine corn and soybean crop estimates. We'll discuss what longer-term impacts that might have on the markets and estimates for Ukrainian wheat and corn hold some clues to upcoming price action, too.
1: Live from a state of report day, meh. Meh. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Matt Campbell from the Stonex Group. Right after the news, Todd Bubba Horwitz from BubbaTrading.com. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now the host of AgriTalk, Chip Flory.
0: All right. Yeah. No, I get that meh attitude towards meh. the reports. Yeah. But it's meh. not a meh day out there at all. 44 degrees now, blue sky. Uh, it's wonderful, Davis. Wanna... It's wonderful.
1: Here at the uh, Southern Outpost? Yeah. 42 degrees and drizzle. Oh! rain for the Uh, next hour uh, uh, we are very meh here today okay all right well there you go there you go sometimes
0: the north just looks a little brighter and shinier
1: after we get done with this i'm going to put on my bunny slippers make some cocoa and curl up with a nice fuzzy blanket that's what i'm gonna do that's my
2: love
0: it love it love it love it well unfortunately what you've got going on right now is going to hit us at about midnight uh and i they keep kinda of adding on on what this is supposed to be. Yeah, you know, hey. it was a start at midnight, be done at six. Not that big of a deal. Meh. It's still it's still yeah. a start at midnight, be done at six. But now it sounds like I'm gonna have to move snow, wet snow oh, again dude. tomorrow.
1: Yeah. Dude.
0: Just just another reminder that it's not done yet. It's only it's only February eighth.
1: It's tough to be chip, isn't it?
0: It is
1: sometimes.
0: Yeah. It yeah. is. February 8th. It, it Who said that February was a short month? It's starting to feel like it's got a little age on it already. Well, And, and here it is the 8th.
1: That's how they get you. Oh, it's only yeah. 28 days. Yeah. Those days, they're like 28 hours long or something like yeah. that. I don't know. I need to check my math on that. You might. You might. All right, buddy, let's go ahead and get started. What do you got in the news? Well, Chip, wheat futures were mixed ahead of the USDA supply and demand report and prices firmed following the report as traders put crop conditions back in focus. USDA's 22-23 wheat carryover is estimated at 568 million bushels. Chip, that's up 1 million bushels from January, but 8 million bushels below the average pre-report trade guess. Global wheat carryover was increased 1 million metric tons from last month. But global stocks are still expected to be down 7.4 million tons from year ago. March SRW futures opened near session lows and closed near session highs and at the highest level since January 3rd. March HRW wheat futures 10 and one quarter cents higher, 8.96. March soft red wheat jumped 15 cents, 7.64 and three quarters. March spring wheat closed at 9.26 and one quarter. That's up nine cents, Chip. Yeah, okay, the, the wheat market is the reason that I threw
0: Ukrainian crop estimates into the open. Because, yes, this year's crop was expected to be below last year's crop, and it is. Now, everybody that we talk to says, and next year's crop is even going to be smaller than this year's crop. So,
1: hmm. I think that is kind of settling into this wheat market a little. Well, corn futures were slightly higher ahead of the USDA report, and the market held on to those gains in post-report trade. USDA added 25 million bushels to estimated 22-23 carryover, with all of that adjustment due to a 25 million bushel cut to estimated corn for ethanol use chip. Global corn carryover was down 1.1 million metric tons from January, down 11 million from year ago. USDA left its Brazilian corn crop estimate at 125 million metric tons, but cut the Argentine corn crop to 47 million, that's down 5 million metric tons from last month. Yep. March corn opened near session lows, posted an outside trading day, and closed at resistance at yesterday's high. March corn futures four and a half cents higher, six seventy-eight and one half. May corn up three and one quarter, six seventy-six and a quarter. July corn futures closed at six sixty-five and one quarter, up two and three quarter cents.
0: Yeah, the uh, the momentum behind some of the changes to the supply and demand. Yeah, you know, last month it was the the downgrade to the export estimate no mm-hmm. change to the export estimate this month we got the 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 reduction in the corn for ethanol number that i think was widely expected we'll see if they have to follow through with more adjustments next month usda
1: cut estimated old crop soybean crush 15 million bushels raising expected 22 23 bean carryover by that amount The increase was 14 million bushels above the average pre-report trade estimate. Global bean carryover was cut 1.5 million metric tons from last month, but is still up 3.2 million from last year. USDA left its Brazilian bean crop estimate unchanged from last month at 153 million metric tons, but cut the Argentine bean crop to 41 million metric tons, down 4.5 million from last month. March beans recovered from early selling pressure to close mid-range and above the opening range. March beans four and a half cents higher, fifteen nineteen and three quarter. May beans gained three and one half cents to close at fifteen thirteen and three quarters. July soybeans closed at fifteen oh six, up one and three quarter cents. USDA at forty one million on the R.G. bean crop chip.
0: Yeah, absolutely, and I think that we may be looking at some further cuts ahead.
1: Well, cotton carryover was increased one hundred thousand bales from January due to a cut to domestic use. March cotton 26 points lower, 85.37. Quickly, livestock closes. April cattle a dime higher, 163.70. March feeders 75 cents lower, 186.45, uh, and April lean hogs were 80 cents higher at 84.07 and one half. Little momentum in the hogs. Chip.
0: Yep, absolutely. All right, thank you very much, Davis. Let's bring in Todd Horwitz, BubbaTrading.com. Good afternoon, Bubba. How you doing, man?
3: Good afternoon, Chip and Davis, the most handsome newsman. Um, Thank you for you know, listen, Thank There's you nothing for going noticing. on. It, it hasn't changed one bit. I mean, we're okay. just circling around in a, in a range. Uh, hogs are pretty good. And, of course, look at Cudrell. Cudorough. Cudrell's right by Buck's in the last couple of days. Hogs have been able yeah. to benefit them from that. And, you know, I think that's going to be the way it is. it is. It's just all about the available spending money that people have. And of course, for whatever reason, there's still pressure on the grains, which there's, makes really no sense. Yes, I know they're higher today, but overall, okay. it makes no sense because of of all the inputs and things that go along into that that they would be at this price. It's like they're almost giving them away. So, okay. uh, something something is fishy, and I expect I, I expect the same thing. A big move higher.
0: Okay, what do you make of the condition of the U.S. consumer right now? Is it going to be a headwind for the for the equities for commodities? What? How do you see it shaping up?
3: I, th- I think it's going to be a, a gale wind for the for the equities, and I think it's going to be a big tailwind for the commodities. Okay, that's the way that I would be. That's the way that I'm thinking. I think we're going. I think we're going to have a big market in commodities this year. Sure. Uh, I think yeah. that uh, the equities this this slow dull trade. The continue evasion and, and trying to hide from what the real problems are from our government is going to really crack this market. I mean, we're in a recession. I don't care what they say. This is a recession. you got uh, stagflation. You've got, you know, a phony jobs number on Friday uh, at 570. Those are all part-time jobs. Do your homework. Yeah. Look at the U6, not the yeah. U3, and what the government looks at.
0: Yeah, there's a, a lot of them were side hustle jobs. That's right. So it's uh, we got to get this participation rate up is what we need, Bubba. And and I don't know if the policies are in place to make that happen right now or not.
3: They are not in place to make that happen, and they're not going to be in place as long as these guys are in charge. That's just the bottom line. They hate this country, and that's what it's all about.
0: Bubba, all right, man. We'll talk to you later.
4: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares complete from Helena. We
1: just be big rock stars live in when news breaks, the news makers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory.
0: You know, we were joking around the other day about winning the lottery and what, what you would do if if set contest was won. Mm-hmm.
4: Yeah.
0: Um I said something about, you know, a big party. Alright big yeah. party somebody on twitter hit me up and said okay who's the headliner for this party <laughs> well, i think it's
1: pretty obvious
0: well you know what I might fool you a little bit because i might i might i might have to go with the king george straight
1: Ooh. Ooh, i mean if you
0: could get him if, if you, you could get, get him it. why wouldn't you
1: yeah you'd be silly not to
0: right right uh nickelback did make the list of potentials mm-hmm. let's see who else was on that list um. Oh, Foo Fighters. I put the uh-huh. Foo Fighters on there. I think that'd be a heck of a party. And oh, Davis heck, yeah. Michelson. I included Davis Michelson I'll go as, first. as the list of potential headliners.
1: I'll go first on some weird little side stage that nobody really cares about so I can just pack up real quick and then see the rest of the show. Because <laughs> if you're bringing the King, the Foo Fighters, and Nickelback, yeah, yeah. I want to be in the front row with the tuxedo T-shirt, bro.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i will make sure of it i will make sure of it if it ever happens all right buddy hey let's uh, talk about the report that was out today we've got matt campbell from stonex group with us how you doing matt
2: i'm doing well chip how are
0: you we're doing just fine just fine you in on that party hey george straight i'm in a part <laughs> ah, all right all right yeah so you That's- don't like fun is that what you're saying?
2: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> the, the The rock scene is more more my style, but uh, I'd go to the party anyway.
0: All right, all right. Well, good. Glad to hear that. All right, uh, Davis. Let's start making a list. Put Matt on there, and and, uh, and le- as a matter of fact, let's yep. put both Matt Campbells on the list. I think we could probably get both, them both of them? to show up. Yeah.
1: Well, we can we yeah. can at least get one of them to show up. I bet you. Yeah, I, I bet we could.
0: I bet we could. <laughs> all right, man. Uh, let's start with South America and Argentina. I don't think they really, I, I don't think USDA really disappointed, uh, but I don't think that they surprised anybody either. Do, do you with the corn and soybean estimates?
2: No, I think that this is, this is one of those reports where it was going to be hard to just know what kind of a price reaction you're going to have to whatever the USDA threw at us. Cause trade estimates, were looking for like a three and a half million ton cut in both corn and beans. And, so what do you do if they come out with four or five? It's just, you know where they're headed. You just don't know how fast they want to get there. And so I think that's kind of, you know, the strategy here was, hey, we're going to start to aggressively reduce this this prop size and we'll see uh, where we end up in the next few months. But it, it just really was a tough report to really get excited about in really at any at any capacity.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So the estimates that we've got in place now for Argentina, that coupled with the steady estimates for brazil although big uh, you know granted they are big estimates 153 million metric tons on the bean crop and what was it, 126 million ton on the corn crop i shouldn't have said it without having that number right in front of me uh, 125 125 125 <laughs> on the brazilian corn crop We can't say that, you know, for every bushel that we're losing out of Argentina, we're adding in Brazil, can we?
2: From this point forward, no. But I think what's to this, you know, at this point, I think it's pretty safe to say we're going to be talking about a record combined soybean crop in Brazil and Argentina. I think that's something that this market hasn't really fully digested. I mean, we rallied a significant amount over the last few months off the, you know, headline being Argentine dryness. I think we kind of ignored just how good that Brazilian crop is. And we're so late in the season that, you know, for 75% of that Brazilian crop, I, I think you're closer to, you know, the finish line and then really have a lot of risk left ahead. So I, I think, uh, I think we're winding down that risk phase, you know, we're going not that far away from the U S season, but, uh, but, but uh, definitely coming off of risk phase in, in South America.
0: Okay. So combined South American crop, it, is it a negative on U.S. bean prices? I'm looking at the May contract over 15 bucks. Is it a negative?
2: In my opinion, yeah. I think we've been rallying. You know, a lot of the recent the strength has been a kind of a combination of of you know the crop size in Argentina is a concern, but but really it's more of a soy meal you know issue than it is a soybean issue. And I think you know the market's been led by soy meal strength. We definitely have you know, near $500 a ton meal prices. Um, I think we're going to have a little bit of a reality check that that's not as much of a difficult problem to solve. You know, Argentina is always importing being some level to crush and send product out. Uh, it's just a little bit larger amount this year. Um, we're going to see massive headwinds in an export program on the soybean side really starting in the next few weeks. You've already started to see river um, Gulf premiums back off quite a bit and, and just starting to feel a little more, more reality that this is yeah. happening. Um, and huge discounts in Brazilian values to to U.S. You know, eighty cents a bushel from about March uh, through through as late as you know July August. So you know that that shift is coming. It's just a matter yeah. is it this week, next week, or the week after.
0: Yeah, yeah. It feels like that transition time is is upon us, no doubt about it. Uh, you mentioned the situation in Argentina, and we've talked a bit on the show about how Argentina is not going to let those crush facilities set idle. They will go ahead and import beans out of Brazil to keep them up and running. The Argentine bean import estimate in January was 5 million tons. They took, uh, what is that, 4.5 million ton off the crop and added 1.25 million to the bean import estimates, now 6.25 that that all makes sense. I mean, they're going to do what they can to hold on to their their traditional meal customers as they can, right?
2: That'd be my opinion. I think yeah. you know i I know we've been very concerned about you know the the meal potential um but you know this amount of beans to be imported by Argentina isn't without precedent. I think they've done that here in the last yeah. four or five years. so um it's it's all very believable in world trade. and I agree with the chip, you know they're not going to let their their meal business, you know, falter. They're yeah. certainly going to try and, you know, make those contracts uh, viable again.
0: Okay. On the corn crop, they took uh 5 million metric tons off the Argentine corn crop from 52 in January down to 47 million metric tons here in February. Even if there is more downside risk, I think I'm going to hear the same thing from you on
2: corn. <laughs> I, yeah the only thing I'll I'll have a different tone on and, and it's and it is it's significant is that you know I think we're, we're still not out of the woods on the risk phase in South America in fact we may be just getting into the biggest risk phase of of, of South right. American corn you know the whole year and let's be honest I mean I think the, the growing season looks quite favorable as we shift into more of an El Nino pattern but uh, I don't know that I look ahead and see an ideal uh, planting pace for that saprina crop and we know the impacts of the delayed planting pace in yeah. is usually um, has a pretty adverse effect on yields so right. in my opinion you know the argentine crop being down five million tons with probably more reductions to go and a lot of uncertainty with the brazilian saprina pace i'm more concerned about what the impacts are on the corn balance sheet than what i've seen in the bean balance sheet um from you know today's report in the last few weeks you know combined
0: okay okay y- yeah and and I think the the Brazilian corn crop expectation, along with uh, you know opening up the opening up trade with China and the ability to export corn into China now, any kind of movement in that Brazilian corn crop uh, does does that have an impact on on our
2: market here? I, I think yes. You know, I think we've got uh, it's kind of an interesting stretch. I mean, you've already heard. I think China is buying Brazilian corn for July forward. That'd be timing with their Soprina crop harvest. Um, You know, the size of that crop's obviously going to have an impact, though. And we've seen, you know, in the last few years, you've had some some crop problems in Brazil with their corn and bean crop. And that has had an impact on farmer selling and just general prices coming out of Brazil. So I have to expect that if there were any problems, we'd certainly be the beneficiaries of, of some increased export business. But there's a lot of ifs in those statements I just made. So uh, time left, you know, but let's, let's be real. You know, we're getting right into that, you know, that month ahead is pretty critical for the planting pace in that Supreme crop. So mid Feb to mid March is when you kind of need to be really cooking with gas here.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, Let's go to Ukraine and, and I'd like to get your take on the trends that we're seeing because a year ago, the Ukrainian wheat crop, 33 million metric tons. It's now 21 million metric tons for this year. The corn crop a year ago, 42 million ton, 27 million ton this year. And most people I talk with say that next year's crop is going to be even smaller on both wheat and corn. It it feels like a supply, a, a further supply squeeze coming out of the Black Sea
2: by all you know measures i've seen the same thing you're seeing right? it, it seems like there is you know obviously last year we know there was a reduced supply we also know they were carrying a lot of you know the previous year's supplies forward because of the the export uh difficulties they obviously had march through uh, through july of last year uh, but yeah this next crop looks like it's going to be uh, a, a smaller one again
0: okay all right uh i, I want to i'll probably need to come back and touch on that just a little bit more we need to talk about the ethanol change that we saw in the report today, Matt. And then we need to talk about uh, acres for the 2023 crop and the impacts that that might have on your risk management strategies. Matt Campbell, Stone X Group, here on AgriTalk.
1: From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer, CONAB raised its Brazilian soybean crop estimate from last month to a record. The soybean export forecast for 22-23 was left unchanged, and citing delays to Safrida corn planting, the agency cut its corn production forecast. President Joe Biden's State of the Union address made clear he will run for re-election. Fed Chair Powell Tuesday acknowledged the stronger than expected jobs update from January, noting that is a sign of inflation. Ukraine's grain exports so far in 22-23 are down 29.3% from the same period last year due to a smaller harvest and logistical difficulties. The Russian foreign deputy minister said work to unblock its ag exports under the grain uh, black sea grain, grain deal was unsatisfactory. Get more on this at tryprofarmer.com. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. I don't know what you're thinking! So call us at 855 4TalkAg and tell us what's on your mind.
0: paisley be good at a party.
1: Oh, he'd be great.
0: Yeah! Heck yeah! Sure! There's no Brad paisley? meh in a Brad Paisley party. Not at
1: all. <laughs> well, he kind of gets into singing some of those ballads I went by the big tree. Come yeah. on, dude. Pick it up a little uh, bit. Pick it up. All right. Well, you know, hey, if,
0: if it's a lottery winning party, mm-hmm. I would think that we would get to check the playlist.
1: Get a little mud on the tires is about as slow as I would go. That's right. With Brad That's, Paisley.
0: I'm hearing you. I'm yeah. with you. I'm yeah. with you. All right, welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. That's Davis. We are in the middle of a conversation with Matt Campbell from
1: StoneX Group.
0: Before we get back to Matt, Davis, go ahead and recap where the markets
1: closed. Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures were 10 and one quarter cents higher at 8.96. March SRW wheat jumped 15 cents, 7.64 and three quarters. March corn futures were four and one half cents higher, 6.78 and one half. July corn closed at 665 and one quarter up two and three quarter cents. March soybean futures were four and a half cents higher at 15 19 and 3 quarters. July beans closed at 1506 up 1 and three quarter cents. March cotton 26 points lower 8537. Let me catch you up real quick on the livestocks where the ability of corn futures to close near session highs pressured feeder cattle prices and limited buying in fat cattle futures april live cattle a dime higher 16370 march feeders 75 cents lower 18645 and on the snout side april lean hog futures opened lower and again tested support at 8250 before recovering to post a high range close april lean hog futures 80 cents higher 8407 and one half. that's your quick market recap back to you chip Okay,
0: you stay with me, Davis, because I All got right. this for Matt, too. Okay, anyway. so Davis and I, Matt, were talking, I, I, if it was yesterday or Monday, about whether or not you would go to an Ozzy Osbourne concert where Ozzy was a hologram. Ooh, yeah, good one. Okay, <laughs> so if, if if we could get Ozzy at a lottery-winning party virtually or as a hologram, would you be in the front row for that one?
2: I mean, that sounds pretty fun. I, I'd be curious. I wouldn't pay full <laughs> ticket price.
1: <laughs> see now here's the thing would you would you take the ozzy from early in his career or would you take the later more refined ozzy it's like oh. you know would, would you oh. Oh, I I prefer the, fat early. To the skinny elvis <laughs> That's you know? Question, Davis. <laughs> everybody loves the skinny elvis and the young ozzy
0: yeah Yo- young ozzy <laughs> yeah yeah i'm i'm uh i'm with matt there okay matt let's talk domestic demand sure. um Start with ethanol. They took 25 million bushels off the uh, food seed and industrial use, all of which came from the corn for ethanol number. Th- that was kind of the trend that that the corn crush was showing us,
2: isn't it? Yeah, it's you know it's it's kind of interesting. Um, the mm-hmm. ethanol grind has just been slow all year, really since harvest. You had, and, and this isn't a problem with with the corn availability. It's just we have a gas demand problem. We were building stocks, you know, throughout last fall harvest despite lower crush or grind rates on ethanol and you know that's a problem it tells you everything you need to know about the ethanol demand market and it's you know directly tied to gas demand so um I think year to date crush so we're five months in you're running about 6.2 percent below last year on on ethanol crush or corn crush for ethanol and uh USDA was looking at a one percent reduction on corn use i mean it just seems like they're in the beginning, processes of starting to be, you know, realistic about this, and I think that we'll probably see further reductions. I'm not looking for for that much more, but I think that, mm-hmm. you know, it's pretty plausible to see another 75 million bushels or so come off mm-hmm. this uh, this corn use graph.
0: Okay, now you're pointing carryover up into the 1.3 billion range. Is is that kind of what you're thinking on old crop corn? Well, all right. Uh I've
2: I've I've been optimistic on exports. Now I've been dead wrong okay. for the last few weeks, but uh, you know, my my theory has been um, you know, the world needs twelve million tons of corn per, per month. If China's still in gonna be buying, you know, one and a half to two million tons per month for, from someone, and it's been Ukraine or or, or US, um, Brazil doesn't have a real offer on the market until July. Argentina's got a problem of their own. Uh, there's not a lot of games in town. Uh, so far, kind of tying back to your question on Ukraine uh, to end the last segment, I mean, they're, yeah. they're the ones that are preventing the, are presenting the biggest headwinds right now. It just seems like we're still seeing an active uh, uh, market out of the Black Sea that's kind of keeping the U.S. program extremely slow, much slower than I would have guessed. Uh, we, we should be ramping up and, and we're now shipping less than we were in September, which is a huge concern. So, I think it's coming, but um it's been extremely slow. So I was kind of looking for exports to possibly be bigger than USDA's current estimate, maybe offset some of the ethanol changes, but so far that has not been the case at all. Okay.
0: That all started with uh, me saying a one point three billion with yes. a corn <laughs> carry. So yes. so what are you thinking?
2: I, I, my thoughts were I thought we could see it, you know, below one two, but I'm I'm kind of okay. you know, the last couple of weeks I I'm just, let's put it this way. It's probably going to be a carryout very similar to something we've seen the last two years. Yeah. But, and I think you wanted to go here um, on the last segment, you know, the, the big thing is this could be a year of a transition. You know, we're, we're talking about another tight, you know, finish to this year, a uh, market that isn't nearly as concerned about inflation in general, but, but the transition to next year, the 23, 24 balance sheet, it's not, you know, hard to imagine a one-eight to two billion bushel corn carryout next year, mm-hmm. at least somewhat on print. And I think that the, you know, a grower is is facing a, a really strong margin opportunity right now with with corn prices that have hung in there, uh, fertilizer prices that have collapsed over the last few weeks. And and I think I, I'm from what I've seen from the risk management side, it's been a pretty apprehensive new crop marketing uh, strategy so far. So. I think we have got uh, some some opportunity for growers to lock in very good profits for 23. Um, I thought we'd see a big acreage jump in corn last year, but I think maybe there was just so much you know fertilizer um, uncertainty in terms of availability that I think people were were just concerned about high input cost and just the potential to even get the fertilizer. Uh, that we didn't see that big jump this year. Just I just feel like this is is coming back
0: now what's got them apprehensive matt what do you think is holding back some of those 23 crop sales to (sighs) you know to offset the risk
2: yeah you know i think that a lot of the the, the theory is just you know you've seen such strong post-harvest rallies the last three years well the problem is you know we're starting at such different level this year than where we have the last few i think this is just a different opportunity and i i I know i get the idea you know we've seen three years where you've had you've gotten out of the, you know, the the frying pan, the fryer with the world, you know, crop production cycle. And so people get excited about post-harvest. I I get that. I just think, you know, this is a different year ahead. I think that the inflation narrative is out. The money flow isn't quite as strong as it was, you know, from 2020 to 2022. And uh, I I think that all kind of translates to a potential shift in a a cycle, you know, in a a price cycle. Maybe we're going to find out what, you know, uh, uh, a larger carryout in a still supply chain uh, concern market might look like. Maybe that's a 450 to 550 D's futures, okay. not a 650 plus environment, which would be kind of what I'm looking for in the year ahead.
0: Okay. There, there are some that are thinking 2023 will look similar. Nothing repeats. I get that. But will look similar to the 2013 year. Are you in on that? Yeah,
2: I, I maybe don't think we're going that, you know, and maybe 2013 wasn't exactly the low point in prices, but uh, I very much think that, you know, that 13-year fits very well in the idea of a transition narrative okay. in terms yep. of commodity prices. I think that that, that is an extremely uh, strong analog year. It's kind of odd, you know, a lot of these 10-year uh, cycles seem to be kind of working yeah. out, but, uh, you know, it, 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 I do think that this this fits. Yeah.
0: Isn't that something? How cycles work? <laughs>
2: yeah, twenty ten was the start of the three and a half year bull market, yep. just like twenty twenty was.
0: Yep, yep. There's a reason they're cycles. Uh, that's right. That's, that's yeah. all. I'll say uh, on on the cru- on the uh, the soybean domestic side, took fifteen million bushels off the crush estimate. It's still a record crush estimate. Uh, is is does
2: that make sense to you? It does. I mean, NOPA, okay. NOPA numbers have shown um, that you're just not meeting or you know our crush pace has been lagging what we've expected to be. We've been lagging last year really since almost April of last year. We've kind of come in below expectations. and and what's interesting about this chip is that it's not like ethanol. Ethanol has a, you know, a gas demand problem. in in the crush side, this is this is a capacity issue. we're We're seeing plants struggle. We've seen you know an awful lot of of plants have serious maintenance issues really for about the last year. And this is despite you know record margins so you know these plants are not you know willfully going you know running at less than capacity they're just they're just having issues and so it's logistics it's it's plant maintenance it's things like that and you know you combine that with the concerns in argentina and that's why you have 500 meals which we're not meeting what our our global crush you know protein needs are and that's that's been a real a real problem a real driver for the soybean complex okay Okay, how do you think
0: uh, producers are doing on their twenty three crop bean marketings?
2: Um, I mean, <laughs> less than corn, if yeah. that says anything. And corn wasn't isn't exactly a, a shining star. So I, I think both are pretty undersold. And you know, I think going into this time of the year, I know that people want to say we've got our insurance calculations that are being you know going yep. through or for for February averages that doesn't prevent anybody from marketing a good opportunity. And I think right. that's something that, um, you know, to me, I I think that that gives a false sense of safety when you think about revenue insurance and you think about really what that's protecting is a disaster. And you could be, you could be well below current market price before you even get a claim. So I'm always, yep. you know, making sure you're looking forward and, and, and making good marketing decisions based on price. Yeah. I, yeah, that's really kind of where that's, that sentence needs yeah. to end. Yeah, but, you uh, still yeah. need
0: to do a good job of marketing. You still need to do a good job of anticipating what might happen and evaluating whether or not it's a good good marketing opportunity or not. So yeah. Absolutely. Yep. All right, man. Well, you did it again. You got me thinking about some things. Uh <laughs> I, appreciate, I appreciate you, Matt. I really do. Thank you so much, man. Oh.
2: Thanks, Jim.
4: Appreciate
0: it. Myself. All right. That is Matt Campbell, Stone X Group. Davis and I'll be right back.
4: Go on the offensive against weeds with Antares Complete from Helena. Antares Complete eliminates early weed competition with long lasting residual control of broadleaf weeds and grasses. With a balanced premix of three herbicides, Antares Complete combats herbicide resistance and helps soybeans achieve a faster, more vigorous start to the season. Take a tactical first strike against weeds. Protect your soybeans early with Antares Complete. Always follow label instructions and check registration before use. Contact your Helena representative to learn more.
2: My mom's got a new case I-Extractor, and it can do it all. they hay all day. See in the dark with its powerful LED lights. Hook up all the implements. Ship like a race car? Steer with ease. And it can also cool my juice box. Yeah, her Case IH tractor
4: can do everything she needs it to. Looking for a tractor that can do it all? Check out CaseIH.com.
1: Ag Saver Glyphosate 53.8% as low as $25.99 a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at FBN.com slash direct. Ends February 28th. Prices subject to change. T&C apply. Welcome back to Agri Talk, everybody. Davis Michaelson here with Chip Flory, of course. Yep, great conversation with Matt Campbell from. Stonex. You know, I, I
0: I one time went to Vegas to see an Elton John concert. That might be fun. Yeah, I mean, you know, if we could get Elton to you
1: know come in and do a few songs, that'd be great. He could do a couple. Yeah, you know, and then if you could get uh, maybe Billy Joel to come out because they toured together. Bill Collins, Boy, you see like what I'm this. putting together here. You, know you, know what you see do? what I'm
0: putting together. You get a list
1: of everybody yeah. that uh, that's still around that did that "We Are the World" thing. Okay. Okay. And you just invite them. Okay. And you call it an open jam. Oh. I mean, you get Cindy Lauper. Oh. You got Lionel Richie. You got Springsteen. You got Dylan. Yeah. I don't know if I even like any of those people though. No, you're no. Let's go back to the other one. Okay. Let's go back to our original plan. All right.
0: All yeah. right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Skinny Elvis and non retired Ozzy.
0: Fun, fun to dream, isn't it? Fun to dream. It is. It yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. Think um, of the
1: possibilities. Okay. I don't get it, man. Because we've been railing. And not just on a, on a bubba day, but we've been like, this sure seems awfully recessionary. You know, check your grocery bill. For the real human doing real human things, it does seem like life is more expensive. I don't think there's yeah. any denying that stuff's more expensive. Yeah. Um, the government is convinced that we're not in a recession, and yet there are all kinds of people saying, oh, my gosh, the big one is coming. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, that Horowitz was talking about, uh, oh, yeah, we're going to see, what, a 20%, 30% correction in the stock market to the yeah. downside. Yeah. Um. The housing and, market pulled back a little bit, but that's kind of a lagging indicator, isn't it? Uh, yes. Bro, how, very how how bad is it? Uh, what's the story? Well, I don't get you know, it.
0: It's it's the conversation that we had earlier this week. Um, I'm still concerned of an e- about an economic slowdown here in the U.S. Um, but based on what I'm saying, it's, it's you at least need to acknowledge the data that's out there Uh and weigh the probabilities of a soft-ish landing for this economy. And, you know, two months ago, two and a half months ago, I was like, no way. I I just don't see it happening. Mm -hmm. Heck, two years ago, four years ago, when I was talking about the money supply and what the effort to reduce the money supply would ultimately do to consumer confidence and spending, in mm-hmm. other words, drain it away because that money supply was going to have to be managed down at some point. We're starting that process. That is still what's, that is still my number one concern mm. is managing that money supply, uh, to a, uh, to, to something that we could consider a soft landing. Um, in the meantime, we, we talk about this during economic slowdowns uh, all the time. And the exception would be 2020. And we all know why 2020 is an exception. Mm-hmm. We always end up talking about the resiliency of the American consumer. Mm-hmm and how some way, somehow, they figure out how to keep spending just enough to keep the economy moving forward. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's got a lot to do with the fact that it's kind of a service-based economy. If we are successful in making this transition over to more of a manufacturing economy, which President Biden Uh. talked about last night,
1: well, yeah, manufacturing green stuff that doesn't work. Right? Well,
0: computer chips too, and computer chips do work. Okay. See, see, and and the the green stuff, yeah, I mean, w- made from rare earth metals that come from where? I hey, Yellowstone, In Russia, yeah, Yellowstone, okay. right? Okay. Yeah, I mean, if we, it, can you imagine what happens the first time we pull a bulldozer into the Rockies and start scraping, right, for for some of these rare earths? Yep. The same people that are promoting. And saying we need to go EVs mm-hmm. are going to start screaming that we can't do that because you can't dig a hole there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, it's uh, it's a conundrum. No, it's not even a conundrum. It it's uh, planning. <laughs> and you know, Jim and I fight about this all the time. But when it comes to the green energy stuff it's planning for the near impossible at this point yeah. technology Jim keeps arguing that the technology is going to come around and help us out well I keep waiting for that because all yeah. I'm seeing right now is 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 uh the same technology with the same issues just being pushed further into the future mm-hmm. and that's that's not how we get over this hump
1: no it really isn't. It really isn't. Um, well, and you know that sort of leads us into something that Matt Campbell was talking sort of around, um, okay. and something that we've talked about before. Don't expect twenty three to look like twenty two. Yep. We talked. It was a couple days ago. I don't even remember who we talked to. It's probably in my notes. Um, you know, this is we're, we don't know what this looks like moving forward. Right. We don't know. We've never really right. encountered this before. Right. And you know. Uh, boots on the ground, you got to figure that into your marketing plan. What did I say right before the first of the year? You got to expect the unexpected. Yep. Everybody's like, Ooh, <laughs> duh. Yeah. Always like Yeah, you expect a Chinese weather balloon? <laughs> Do you expect that? Huh? Huh? I'm sorry. Now I'm tooting my horn. But we we can't expect the coming year to be like the previous year. Right. When making right. decisions.
0: Absolutely. We might have to look a little bit further back. Did you see it it took just a couple of seconds to get a chuckle out of Matt. When, when I said, well, you know, there's a reason they're a cycle. It's because <laughs> yeah. you know, they repeat. Yep. Um, and more and more, um, hearing the comparisons to 2013 and, uh, and what that might mean to, to marketing plans, just take, if you get a chance, look at the 2013 corn chart and it'll give you an idea of maybe when you should get started on that 23 crop marketing all right thank you so much for listening today tomorrow morning we're going to get caught up with uh, the specialty crop group's efforts to influence the farm bill and we're going to have a conversation with senator
4: joni
3: ernst from iowa right here on agri